This is the Yale Environmental Dialogue, a podcast that is exploring solutions to a more sustainable future. Welcome to the Yale Environmental Dialogue podcast. I'm Thomas Rashard Easley, Assistant Dean of Community and Inclusion at the Yale School of Forestry and Environmental Studies. We have a very um, interesting, unique, and special episode today uh, because I'm joined today by my friend and colleague, and I say it in that order on purpose, Michael Twitty from the New Haven Adult and Continuing Education Learning Center. Uh, Mike is head of the high school credit program and student retention specialist, and I promise you he definitely has the skills on that. Today uh, we're going to be talking about the new book, A Better Planet, 40 Big Ideas for a Sustainable Future. And I make a case in my chapter, which is on hip-hop sustainability, that communication particularly is very important when trying to carry lofty, new, or innovative ideas to any community. Uh, But at the same time, in that chapter, I talk about being very intentional with really how to be a bridge with communicating with individuals. Uh, As the saying goes, it can't be about us without us. And so uh, in my chapter, what I did was I covered the work, some of what we did uh, this year, Mike, uh, back in February at the school and how we had to be very intentional with how we communicated uh, with with our fellow brothers and sisters from the city. And so uh, today we're going to talk some, you know, like some of that, but let me pause and open the door so we can hear from the more important person, which is Mike. What's going on, Mike? What's up? How you doing, man? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good to be good. here. It's yes. Good to be here. Ha- happy to have you here on campus uh, whenever we get a chance to uh, see uh, see one another. I-, I don't want to worsen your story because because y- your story is more amazing if you tell it. Just Can we just get like a little bit like, you know, of you, where you're from? and Sure, sure, sure. Well, first, let me just say my administrator would be upset if, uh, if I was taking the credit as head of New Haven Adult Education Center. Uh, okay. <laughs> so I'm not that, but uh, I am student retention specialist there. Been there now for about 10 years. Okay. Been in the school system here since 96. Mm. So I've always had involvement with the students in New Haven. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's my okay. first and foremost thing. I grew up in New Haven, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, went to school down in Atlanta, came back to my hometown because I love New Haven. And uh, the purpose of uh, my life is to, you know, assist these students here that, like we all know, have been traditionally neglected mm-hmm. uh, and get lost sometimes in the system. Yes. See, that's a perfect segue right there, Mike. <laughs> because uh, I, I feel like you and I have, you know, um, like a natural connection and care about that. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm from Birmingham, uh, Birmingham, Alabama, and my mom was a school teacher. And she instilled that in me that uh, you have to look out for your community, you have to look out for people who are, no one's ever under you, but maybe be behind you. You gotta reach back and pull and pull back. And so um, I, I still remember when you and I first met, because you, you gave me a cool compliment. So we met last year in Hamden, Connecticut. It was a community talk. And I, I forgot who was put on by like New Haven Green or something, uh, but the talk was about environmental justice. And I was asked to come and teach about environmental justice. Mm-hmm. What I told them was, I'll come and I'll talk about environmental justice, but could I meet people in the community and ask them to tell me what it is it either environmental justice means to them, or if being that I'm here at Yale and I'm not from New Haven, 
if we can be of assistance, will you tell us, okay, how we can be of assistance? And Mike, you were the first or the second comment, I still remember, <laughs> you know, after it was over, because there was like 100 people there. And uh, remember you said uh, you, you showed up not expecting the Forrester uh, who could rap. Uh, that was funny. And then you called me on the carpet. Well, it, well if you're real, I want to get your information and then invite you out to our school. And two weeks later, I was out at the school. You pretty much summed that up. Um, I was going to go out there to mm -hmm. see who this brother was mm -hmm. that's in the School of Forestry. Mm -hmm. You know, like I said, I was expecting Pharrell with a, that Pharrell hat, <laughs> farmer jeans, but I guess now it's a lot more sophisticated. And so a little bit, you know, but then I was, you know, pleasantly surprised. Uh, you were motivational. You really sort of, as we say, turned it out. Mm -hmm. you, know? um, oh, thank you. You, you appealed to a wide variety there and you definitely caught my attention. I said, oh, he has to come by the school. He has to speak to these students because I felt that there would be a great connection with uh, because the language that you spoke is mm -hmm. a language that they could understand yes. and it will also take them to another level with you know mm -hmm. what is environmental justice you know how mm -hmm. does school of forestry impact me in my community mm -hmm. and, and mm -hmm. I thought that we could develop a really good relationship that way uh, well I can tell you the way that you asked me those questions has it really influenced how how I kept moving you, you, I got to give you your credit too because you the one that said okay now how do we get our students involved in this and your students involved. And I was like, now that's a good one. So really the brainchild or the father, the brainchild was you, you know, with uh, how to, you know, with opening this door to how do we build an actual relationship. And then when I came out to the school, it was like, okay, now that you're here, you know, can you bring others with you, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, I was like, of course, sure. And it was easy to say, of course, because our students are really passionate about this. Okay, uh, they, our students, I feel, really care about uh, not just the environment, but they care about the community. But I do think that sometimes people need to be made more aware of what's going on in the community and how to show up in the community. That's why I posed that question like I did last year, like, please tell me, you know, can you tell me how I should move? And the reason that I wanted to do that, because coming from Birmingham, I know what it's like to have, like, look, look, I've been a pastor, I've been a deacon. I know what it's like to be sitting in church. You go to church every Sunday, and then the politician comes on a certain Sunday. You know, uh, I'm there in the church struggling, preaching every Sunday. And then when someone's running for an office or someone has something nice to offer, even if it's like you want to build something in your community and offer jobs that could potentially hurt the community, that's the day that they show up at church. I didn't want to be that person. I didn't want to be that person who comes to New Haven, not from here, you know, come to this institution. And I know that there's nuanced and some negative, some positive relations between the school and the community, and I just didn't want to contribute to the negative. You know, I wanted to be on the side of the positive. And then I also know how I talk as a hip-hop artist, and that's how I wanted to, uh, that's how I wish people would connect with me, to be honest with you, from time to time. You did, you know, because we speak the same, coming from the same, you know, from the same community. And so when I came out to the school, it was the same thing, you know what I mean? As soon as I stepped up there to talk, all, all hundred students, you told me, you were like, oh, they're going to listen to you. And I was like, okay, well, I don't want to bore them. He said, do the rap before you do. do. Do that thing you did again. I was like, okay. And then I did it, and you just, everybody just tuned in. But what we also learned that, that, uh, that day is if we're going to talk about the environment to people that we either don't have a relationship with or we are not frequently around each other, then we need to talk about either the issues that matter to them and speak in a way that, I don't want to say that they can understand saying people are not intelligent. I don't mean it that way. I like to say speak to people's values. 
say it in a way that gets them enthused and you know energized and want to do something about it. Do you think that we? I, I want to say, am I doing that? But do, do, but uh, I just feel like, do you think that we're doing some of that when even we just had our meeting with the students and when we've been yeah, having a little bit of the back and forth? Exactly, I do. I think this is still. Uh, a garden being cultivated and nourished and you know we're gonna harvest this soon and so we're taking all the steps necessary that we need to do a lot of the times with the students that that I work with uh, you have to develop uh, a relationship with a trusting relationship with um, that's something that uh, they that there's a natural tendency to shy away from with our students yes um, so it's a, it, it takes time to do that Mm -hmm. um, but I do think that we are moving in the right direction. Yes, sir. Uh, and mm -hmm. it's also about building this bridge in the community between the general population in New Haven mm -hmm. and Yale University, Yale New Haven Hospital, healthcare, mm -hmm. the whole thing. Because, you know, our students live here. They right. grow up here. Most mm -hmm. of the times, you know, they don't leave New Haven for the yeah. most part. Yeah. But, and so they don't really know. And New Haven, uh, Yale hires about 4,000 New Haven residents. Hmm. So they, they at least did that. That was in 2015, I think. Okay. So I'm gotcha. sure that number has grown. <clears throat> but I don't want them to just hear about it and have myths about Yale University. Mm -hmm. They need direct experience. And it's not like mm -hmm. talking about it, it's being about it. Yes, sir. And so that's what I see you doing. You're being about this. You're mm -hmm. not just talking about it with them or talking at them. Mm -hmm. It's about mm -hmm. activating some passion within them to let them know how School of Forestry, how environmental justice, and mm -hmm. uh, environmental health, mm -hmm. they can advocate for themselves and it's empowering them to, to fight mm -hmm. for their lives mm -hmm. here in New Haven. So in this book, A Better Planet, what I talked about in my chapter, it was, uh, it was entitled Hip Hop Sustainability. We're looking at a model of how to communicate cross cultures, cross lines, about these different uh, about these different issues, and in my chapter, I know uh, one of the things that I said was that these conversations, in some ways, happen in somewhat of a um, homogenous environment, mm -hmm. in the sense of a lot of the people having a conversation. They're probably scientists or STEM people. In some ways, we speak racially. You know, usually white individuals, many times, sometimes mainly white white men. Um, but you know, then they're coming from an academic, you know, like uh, perspective, or they're coming from a foundation, or but they're having these conversations and talking about the impacts that it's having on a community that they have no connection to, mm -hmm. and talking about the impacts it has on a community that they don't even frequent. I uh, there, there are a couple of chapters in the book where folks are speaking to that, like speaking across lines, and how do we change how we do what we do if the impact on someone else is the priority. And so that's what I wanted to talk about in my book. If we want to save the planet, for me, then we have to save the people. And we have to connect with the people in ways that the people will respond to or that they will activate. And so that's why in, the, in my chapter, I talked about the time when we came out, to, uh, came out to the center and the fact that we're bringing Yale students there. And our Yale students, uh, as amazing as they are and as brilliant as they are, some of them, they don't come from that environment. So when we showed up, remember, some of them weren't even sure how to communicate about the issues. Some would say air quality. Then I walk in the room and like, what'd you just say? But I didn't have to do right. it because as Mike, you said, the students corrected them. They were like, well, what you talking about? We, we're dealing with survival here. You know, we, we, I got a cousin that just got shot last week. Someone just died yesterday. 
So then what I did was I changed, I changed the tone by asking a, a question different. I'm like, how many people, mm -mm. I remember I said, um, let's talk about our community for a minute. I said, do we go to college more or do we go to jail more? And I remember the, they said jail more. And I said, no, we go to college more. And I said, second question, do we die from gunshot wounds more a year or diabetes a year? And they said gunshot wounds. And I said, wrong, we die from diabetes. But them not knowing that and also them, you know, immediately responding like that, that's also an indicator of what's going on in the community. Because that means that things are, in some ways I'll say that they could willingly ignore some things, but things are being kept from them. You see, because people will make it think, seem like it's just their fault that the environment is what it is like. It, I, I won't lie to you, it agitates me when I see poor and impoverished communities doing more to recycle than suburban communities. Mm -hmm. You know, and then outstanding even institutions like this, trying to make it seem like it's the people of color's problem. Like it's, the, I mean, it's, it's everybody's problem, but trying to make it like it's their fault, you see. So that's why I wanted to encourage our students, and our students made the adjustment. Okay, we'll start asking about asthma. Instead of, before you say air quality, ask about asthma. Everybody in the room knew what that was. They were like, oh yeah, I got a child that has asthma. I got asthma. Okay, now you can start to talk about air quality. How did they get it? How was the environment in, um, in, impacting them? I asked about diabetes because I know people, some people that either have family members who have it, I, I know I did, uh, and still do, or they have it themselves. So now we can talk about, well, if you have diabetes and if we talk about your access to food, which was also mentioned earlier, right, they're going to talk about it differently. It's, it's not confusing to them once you just make it about what folks are going through. And that's what I talked about in the chapter, that if we don't, if, if we don't make this conversation about the people and just about our interests, we're not going to save the planet, okay? Because it's about the folks. I get tired of us treating environment with this anthropomorphic thing, mm -hmm. the trees. When trees talk bad to me, they talk back with money. But when people talk bad to me, it could be a slap, a kick, or a handshake, or a voice. Well, what's up? And so I just think that we need to do that. So let me shut up because I've talked long enough. And Mike, because you're the important person here, what do you think about any of what I said and anything else you, you got going on in your head? Well, you know, I just think it's really like to connect your hip hop um, with the students, you have to have a hook, right? Mm -hmm. And saving the planet, everyone is involved. Mm -hmm. But if you mm -hmm. don't have a hook, mm -hmm. you might not catch everyone, mm -hmm. okay? And I think that for the students that I work with, mm -hmm. you presented them with a hook, right? We had a conversation not too long ago this morning mm -hmm. in which one of the students became very comfortable with the conversation, with the dialogue, and she let us know that she has a little baby brother mm -hmm. that was having seizures, there was mold in, yeah. in the, the home that she lived in, and they just kept shuffling her from apartment to apartment, mm -hmm. and she could see her sibling getting sicker and sicker. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, but now she knows more than what she came in with. Mm -hmm. Okay, and now I think that the students that were here are ready to do something about this, to, to be engaged. They feel like someone has connected with them, mm -hmm. that you're giving them uh, information that will empower mm -hmm. them to do something about their environment. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yes, it is about a sustainable future here, mm -hmm. and everyone is involved. Mm -hmm. You can't just have the academics here and yes. these folks over here, sort mm -hmm. of like the Hunger Games, you know, where you have this separation Literally. of folks. We have to work together in this. And, and I think that the future mm -hmm. is our youth. Yes. Okay. And, mm -hmm. and we even have to go back. The students that I work with are 17 mm -hmm. to 85 years old. All right. Okay. 
And I think that there has to be a part of this where we even reach back to younger children and start preparing these second graders and third graders and fourth graders for a healthy attitude, you know, not only about themselves, but about their environment and what it is that they need to do because they might not be getting all the information that they need earlier. Yeah. And I do see Yale reaching out to these younger students and uh, mm -hmm. creating healthy habits and giving out healthy information as to what that they can do, what they can do themselves mm -hmm. to sort of better their environment, better their life. You know, those are the types of things that I really want to see. Okay. I like also there's something else that it wasn't the, the same young woman that you're talking about, but it was definitely another one of the young ladies when we talked about how we were communicating. Uh, you know, like, would you, would you like to get a, a newsletter? First man was like, mm-mm. I like what we're doing right now, sitting at the table, talking around the table, talking to each other. So that's what we need. But then when we was like, but how do we spread this to more people? Okay, well maybe that newsletter be, <laughs> it, was, it was smooth, I just came back. But, but I, I was so happy uh, that she spoke up like she did. And also I was happy that my student didn't go, you know, my student was like, yeah, okay, makes sense, no newsletter. Then when she flipped it, it was like, newsletter, you know? <laughs> you know, so it just went back. And I think that, uh, but it was, the only reason we could do that was because the tone was right in the room, but, the, and the tone was right, not because we avoided talking about things. We, uh, our students asked questions, your students talked. We didn't try to stop them. Listen, take notes. Don't, don't, don't question why they're saying what they're saying, just learn more about what they're saying. And that's all our students did, we just go deep. Okay, okay, can you tell us more about what's going on and what's happening? Um, because I do believe that our students really want to do something. I do think mm -hmm. that the younger, um, young, young 20s, 30s, but teens, teens mm -hmm. and younger really do want to do this. And there's another group that I want to mention. That's why I'm glad that you said 85. Our elders do too. And I think that our elders uh, have to be brought into this conversation and also respected based on, you know, like depending on where they came from and how they were raised. Because it is a generational conversation too. You know, uh, if, if I say Latinx to my mom, she don't know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. But if I say Latino, she okay. But if I say a particular ethnic group, then my mama go, oh, yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. you know. So language has changed, but it doesn't mean that the issues have. Right. And the elders you know. are still a very, very important part of our communities. Yes. There's still a lot of grandparents raising the mm -hmm. grandchildren. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yes. And yeah. so they also need to be a part, you know, of this puzzle mm -hmm. that, that you're creating. Mm -hmm. So. So that's why I think we have mm -hmm. to, when we talk, and I'll be honest, I think I learned this when I was a pastor. When you're talking, you got to talk to multiple people at one time. It's mm -hmm. like it's like natural code switching in your tone, in your words. And I do think that academics struggle with that some if all they talk to is academics. Mm -hmm. And I think, uh, well, we're all civilians here, you know, but uh, let's say someone who, if they're, if, if they're only in their neighborhood, they may only speak uh, like coming from the neighborhood. But see, here's the thing. If you value what a person says in the neighborhood and you value what goes on in academia, then the whole point is just to make it fit. See? But if you think one is more important than the other one, okay, right. then that means now I need to change one or the other. Like, okay, now you need to talk more like me. And that's what I don't bring into an environment. I come into an environment going, okay, you know what I don't know. If you didn't, you wouldn't be alive right now. You see? Right. And, and so to lean into that, like, it, there may be struggle, but there's also possibility and potential, you know. But I, I, how do you educate me to help you? 
you know, or how do you educate me to help myself so, so, so that I can do, you know, what I do and not. And I think that we do that. I see how you are with, with the students. He did the code switching too. It was so smooth because the person wanted to sit somewhere. I said yes. I didn't know it was a no, you know. I said yes. And then, but, but Mr. Twitty, and they say Mr. Twitty too. So, you know, students call, you know, call him that. He said, no, come with me. There was no resistance. It was like, boom. Oh, okay. You know, that's the mm -hmm. relationship. I just told you yes. He told you no. She moved on to no. <laughs> <laughs> so that's relationship, that's respect, mm -hmm. and that's honor, and that's integrity. And I think that when we're talking about, if we don't have integrity with, with taking care of the planet, we daggone sure not going to have integrity taking care of each other. And that's all I'm trying to bring to this discussion is see me like you see you in the sense of what you would do to take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. Don't see me like you see you as far as your standards, what you hold yourself to, because we're different. But see me like you see you when it comes to me. Hey, I want my life to be better. Mm -hmm. What makes you think I want my life to be better too? And that's and, uh, and I want those students to know that there's somebody or some mm -hmm. who's care about up. that. And I just hope that... Uh, I just hope that they will receive that and also act upon it and know that there is somebody here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know. and also, you know, when they hear about the planet, when they mm -hmm. hear about global warming, mm -hmm. you know, they need something tangible. Like, that's a part of New Haven as well. This is where you live. This is happening in your backyard, in your front mm -hmm. yard, in your living room, mm -hmm. wherever you may be. And right. so to make that connection where it it's in their face, it's here with us, mm -hmm. that you too need to be a part of this sustainable planet. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's in and of itself um, by doing what you're doing mm -hmm. with our students mm -hmm. is helping them to understand that, to see that bigger picture, to see that it's not some faraway place in mm -hmm. Antarctica mm -hmm. or Alaska mm -hmm. even or Colorado, yes. but it's right here in New Haven. Right here. It's right here. And so you know, you need to be aware of this. You need to understand what's going on. Mm. And when our students yeah. see you here, they go, oh, whoa, uh, here's someone that I actually can talk to in the community. Here's someone who represents the community, and so I can, I can literally talk to him and get, even if it's an answer that I don't want to hear, I can talk to, to this person to get more understanding about what's going on and know that I'm getting a genuine, authentic answer and that I can also ask even further, you know, because I, I love how because I love how you asked the question, you, can you tell us about what environmental justice is? And our student just went, you know, but I wouldn't have known to ask that at that time, you know, and our students wouldn't have known mm -hmm. to give that background. So everyone has a part to play, you know, and I and I just appreciate you for uh, taking the chance on me and um, <laughs> giving me a chance to come out to the school and also mm. taking a chance for me and coming to visit here. So Mike, when we met in February and came out to the center, uh, we talked about what environmental justice was. And it was mm -hmm. me out there with 12 of our students and 100 of yours, mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, uh, had peaceful, fun engagement. And I'll admit, your students challenged our students, okay, to um, continue to walk in being genuine, and if they really want to do this work, come back and continue to move, you know, push it forward. And so here we are in this fall semester working to push it forward. And uh, our first session that we just had was you and myself brought our students together uh, because our students are trying to develop uh, and, and they want to develop an assessment tool. One, particularly because that's what the students told them last year that they wanted. They said that they want to be able to monitor their own air, soil, 
like all the stuff you're telling us that we are like th these things that we're subject to, we want to be able to look at it ourselves. And so uh, um, it was just it was it was beautiful to have uh, your student leaders meet with our student leaders to look at uh, to, to, to look at the tool, to look at the questions. Um, but now I have a question for you, though, because mm. it was a question that the students asked us, but I'm going to ask it uh, to you with a tool that could help people assess what's going on in their homes or in their neighborhood. And, and, I, and I know people would use it. I know, I, I know, I know that it would, but what, what do you think would be good ways of getting that kind of information out to people or, uh, as, as we say, activating? Right, well, just like we've been doing since February mm -hmm. and beginning again now, and that is uh, this collaboration with your students and my students, mm -hmm. uh, this access to these tools. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that means coming into our neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. I'm in New Haven as well, I'm on mm -hmm. Park Street. And um, I think that the students will feel empowered to know that, you know what, I could take these measurements myself and I understand them and I understand what's going on now. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's invaluable information that uh, you know this relationship can have on 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 my students mm -hmm. as well as your students. As well as my students. Okay, because yes. you know you can't you have to <clears throat> walk a mile in someone else's shoes before you can understand sort of where they're coming from. Okay, I agree. and I think that this joint relationship would be a, a great experience for, for the students here in New Haven. Yes, but uh, the relationship and the collaboration I think is a big, really important piece in this picture mm -hmm. to engage these New Haven residents, mm -hmm. you know, to see what's going on in their world. Mm -hmm. mm. Well, so. uh, well, 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 Mike, you know, to, to, to close, uh, let me ask you this. Is there something in particular that we didn't cover or, or that we didn't address that maybe you would wanna, want to say anything about or make sure that, that that is captured or heard? Well, I think that, you know, this is a growing relationship and we're going, this cohort of students are going to be consistent and we're gonna meet on a regular basis, yep. all right, and then over that period of time, they're going to learn the different aspects of this environmental justice stuff, mm -hmm. is how it impacts my health, how it impacts my life, how it impacts my relatives and my family and myself, mm -hmm. and just to understand that there are tools to measure this. Okay, I want to know what the air quality is in my house. I want to know what's coming off of this carpet or what's coming out. Can I analyze this paint? Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. not that they have to send it out and pay for it themselves. Like one of the students said, oh, why do I yeah. have to pay for this? I'm a renter. Mm -hmm. You know, and so yeah. if they can engage in this uh, activity, if they can engage in this, you know, this uh, adventure towards knowledge, mm -hmm. then I think it's worthwhile and I look forward to, uh, to this growth. Well, I want to I thank you for, uh, as I said, taking the chance. We you know, appreciate you. And coming. Mm -hmm. And I did, thank you. And I definitely appreciate you. And uh, um, hopefully, you you know, like, like what was said in the book, uh, uh, A Better Planet, 40, mm -hmm. 40 Big Ideas for a Sustainable Future. Uh, uh, Dr. Dan Nesty uh, did a great job in editing the book. And um, we're going to uh, take the book and make it real. Mm -hmm. Okay, the, the book turns into action, the, the book turns, it's, it's, it's ideas turn to action, then that hopefully turns to results, and that's what we're doing, taking, taking a chapter that I wrote, which was based on a relationship that I have, and based on work that we've done, and the work is always done by we, so yeah. I thank you for being here. Yeah, and, and I enjoy being here, but maybe we could take that chapter uh -huh. and bring it into the school. 
and we can, you know, have conversation about this chapter, have students oh. prepare for this. Sure. So that could be one of the things that uh, we could do we, um, with that, just direct contact. Well, it's recorded, so we got to do it now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right. right, but thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Appreciate you, brother. The Yale Environmental Dialogue is produced by the Yale School of Forestry and Environmental Studies. Music is by Ben Cosgrove. <laughs>